Hello. Hello. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Kim. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 12 of the Massive Fans Book Club Podcast. This week we will be covering Chapters 54 through 57 in Crescent City, House of Earth and Blood by Sarah J. Maas. Yep. But just a quick recap. Last week, Bryce summoned a demon, a pretty boy demon, who is also a prince of hell. And to say that Hunt wasn't amused is definitely an understatement. Uh, You know what? For the rest of it, just go back and listen to the episode, please. Thanks. (laughs) And as always, this This podcast podcast is not not for the little ears. Nope. (laughs) Never. Ever. Overall, this is actually like a really fun section. Like there's just like a lot to talk about. And then on top of all the things to talk about, we also have a special guest. <laughs> so make sure you listen to the end because we're going to talk with uh, fantasy author Nisha J. Tooley. She's got a new book that just came out and I got to read the arc. And so, yeah, we'll talk all about that at the end. So make sure you listen. <laughs> please. Pretty please with sugar on top. She was awesome. Note from the editor's room. So we had like a lot of issues with the audio for this episode. And poor Kim did her dangdest. Okay. She she huffed and she puffed and she made this episode come out on time-ish. I mean, we did our best, guys. But the point is, um, please forgive any of the weirdness. Uh, particularly right at the beginning of this. Uh, Chapter 54 is a little rough and then it kind of clears up from there. Um, But for some reason, we just had connectivity issues. So if it's a little hard to listen to, we apologize. You might want to just skip to like the middle of the episode if some of that is uh, too hard to listen to. But uh, make sure you listen at the end because we do have an awesome interview with Nisha J. Tooley. So, yes. Yes. So, Chapter 54. Chapter 54. Uh, just to remind you all, at the end of chapter 53, Hunt got a phone call from Micah. And it summoned can't to be good office. news. Yeah, I Micah don't think he's getting happy. summoned for like a surprise party. No, this is no. definitely not going to be a surprise party, I think. Uh, so, poor Hunt. He gets to the Comidium. Shows up in Micah's office. Micah has his back to him and he's like, why are you running fay tests on old evidence to down in the lab? Like, because you fucking which, told us to reopen this case, you dimwit. <laughs> like, <laughs> because he's fair, and when he says, you know, he does explain it basically that way. He's like, you know, we're pretty sure that the that the demon that killed Danica is not the Crystallos, and we need to figure out what did kill her, and so we're running these tests to figure out what demon did kill her. And Micah's just like, hey, look, you know, the summit's coming up in two weeks. And, you know, he's like, poor Hunt is like, we're really working as hard as we can to get this done as quick as we can. And this is when it starts to go downhill. He's like, are you drinking a whiskey, drinking at a whiskey bar with Bryce Quinlan counts as working? And it's like, first of all, Hunt Mm -hmm. only had water. He didn't drink at the bar with Bryce. So the fact that Hunt doesn't even try to defend that. I, I kind of, it kind of concerns me a little. It tells that me he doesn't try that to defend it at all. Hunt knows there's no point because Mike is about to say whatever he's going to say. Exactly. So then, Hunt is, you know, he's like, "Don't worry about it. We're working on this." <laughs> Micah kind of drops on him and goes, "So, you know, Sabine called me 
to rip my head off because you thought she was a suspect. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I think that's kind of like, without like really thinking too hard about it at the time, I think that's kind of why I was against that whole thing where I kept being like, who the fuck questions a suspect without a plan? I think. I think that's why that kept standing on my head because I was like, not only did you walk in here without any useful questions, but like you had no goals and now you're going to have nothing but hell to pay because of it. So like, right. What? I agree. (laughs) Micah basically threatens Hunt and Bryce Mm -hmm. with Sandriel. And then Micah hands him a file and he's like, he tells Hunt, don't make me reconsider. And we get an invisible snowflake. When we come back, it's definitely a a commercial break here. And so when we get back to the story on the other side of our break, um, Hunt has read the file and he realizes it's his punishment for Sabine and taking too long to resolve this and the whole bit. So he has to stop by the barracks to pick up his armor and helmet. And the note, I love, I actually highlighted this because Micah writes a note in the margin on the file that says, no yep. guns. Yeah. This is the yeah. torture and punish hunt, really. So he's getting dressed in his, his <laughs> killing people outfit, his assassin's <laughs> outfit. It's what he wears when he goes to do his job as an assassin, right? It's funny like, because, like, now I want to do that with every book we, re- we read. Like, and then Cassian put on his killing people outfit. <laughs> and then has to put on her killing people shoes. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I aim to entertain. What can this I say? Killing people outfit. anyway yes boys and girls we have a new quote to add to our list okay he goes along with he goes along with cat dog I forgot about cat dog (laughs) oh man oh this is uh, this has been like one hell of a couple chapters anyway I'm sorry carry on well, yeah, because we had cat dogs, yeah. we had pretty boy demon, and people out to yeah, people out to like quite a fucking thing. Anyway, <laughs> um, anyway, while he's changing into his uniform as his job as the Umber Mortis, Bryce texts him, and she's like, "Is everything okay?" I know. And he doesn't respond because he's trying to get into the right mindset. And she's like, I'm ordering dumpling soup for lunch. Do you want some? Again, silence. Yeah. And all he does is finally respond to her saying, I'm good. I'll see you later. And all she writes back was, okay. And he leaves the barracks to go do his job. And we get an invisible snowflake. A.K.A. Commercial break. This one is definitely right. passage of time, though. This is now from Bryce's perspective, and Bryce realizes something's very, very wrong. Which is interesting to me because, um, like, they're only sort of friends. Okay, we'll get to that later in this section. But <laughs> they're only sort of friends. So I'm not sure what about that text message really, like, 
told her that something was wrong. This is where I have to believe that she just has like good reading people juju. Like, you know what I mean? Like that there was like something in the air Mm -hmm. about the situation rather than like what he actually texted her. Because it's not like he totally ignored her and did not text back. And what he said, it's not even like he sent like a one word like right. nope. You know what I mean? Like he he said to me what sounds like probably most of Hunt's text messages to most people. I also think it's a combination of one, she's got kick ass people yeah. watching observation skills, but she also has, I wanna say, probably a high that's sense what I of mean. intuition. I, I more sort so of than get a people. feeling that that's just like a thing <laughs> that she can do. You know what I mean? Um, and so she's she's starting to panic because she realizes she hasn't heard from him. It's been a while. And she's written out all these different texts. She ends up not sending them and she only sent the yeah. real bare bones one. And uh what I what I like anyway. is that early on, so this is like just a couple hours have passed or something. I'm not entirely sure how long, like an hour, I don't know. But not very long has passed, and she wrote all those text messages out and she almost sent I'm worried, please call me. But that's the one she bailed on and just wrote, okay. And I think what I appreciate is that she, this early on, was going to say that. And then, like, we see, like, later in this chapter, eventually she does basically go with that one. (laughs) But, like, her gut told her she should have gone ahead and done it now. You know, at this point, she does realize that Naomi is her babysitter at this point. Uh, she does go up to Naomi finally, you know, hours later, and she's like, do you have any idea where he is? What's going on? And Naomi is looking at her like she's crazy, and she's like, he's fine. But she does realize that somehow Bryce is picking up on something, and so mm-hmm. she was very gentle about her. He is fine. So she, you know, the whole day at work goes by. Nothing. Like radio silence. Now, if Bryce were smart to any degree, she would also be realizing that Micah summoned um, him to go do Yeah, a job. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not sure <laughs> why she didn't put that together. Um Yeah, because she already knows that's a thing. It's not like he's kept that secret. Yeah. God, the whole world knows. Right. That's like kind of why he has his nickname. But anyway. <laughs> uh so she by by the time she gets home, it's like eight o'clock at night ish. Um, Naomi's still her bodyguard. Uh, she fires off a text to Hunt finally, and she's like, "Look, I'm, please call me. I'm worried." And nothing. And at eleven p.m., she finally breaks down. Now, I'm gonna guess he was summoned about twelve yeah. hours ago, ten to twelve hours ago. So, or twelve to thirteen hours ago. So, yeah, I could I could see where this would be a yeah. I can sort of logically see how we made it till about eight o'clock before sending the please like call me. I'm worried. Like I I can sort of see how we made it to that point. I'm a little surprised we made it all the way to eleven before we full panicked. I I really think that about sixty minutes after you send a please call me text and somebody doesn't. That's kind of when you go ahead and set into panic mode. Unless you know for a fact that they were like going to the movies and they silenced their movie for their their phone for the movie, which is approximately two to three hours. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> exactly. unless you think they are exactly. on the road driving or in a movie theater. Uh 60 minutes or so. Most people check their phone at least once every 60 minutes or so. Uh so she breaks down yeah. and she calls Rune. <laughs> which 
I think is interesting that's that that's who she kind of what makes this my favorite chapter. Call. And of course, he answers it, and all he says to her is, "What's wrong?" Now, all right, I'm going to go with she's kind of surprised by this, and I'm thinking, I'm not. Yeah. It's eleven o'clock at night. Why are you calling Rune? Like, if I were your brother and I was getting that phone call and you never call me, especially late at night like yeah. that, I'd be like, "What the fuck is yeah. wrong?" Well, especially because he also like, knows I would know what they've been doing. Right. So he's probably got a gut feeling that something has right. gone sideways. Like, you know what I mean? He thinks that they're out sideways. somewhere exactly. and something has gone sideways. So the fact that she's yeah. calling him is enough to alert him that yeah. this isn't a social call. She finally is like, have you seen Hunt today? Anywhere. And uh, apparently Flynn's there because he realizes... He looks at, apparently he looks at Rune and, and Flynn's like, is everything okay? Like, apparently Rune must have had a look on his face like, oh shit. Uh, Rune starts moving to a more private part of his house. And he's like, what happened? And she's like, have you seen Hunt at the gun range or anywhere? The background noise fades. And Rune's like, where are you? And then I think it's funny because she has like this why it didn't occur to her before it didn't but she it, everything clicks because she's like at home and once she tells him that then she's like and I called my brother without asking where Hunt was because you know why am I thinking he would know where the governor's personal yeah, assassin but is? that's like I said that's kind of why this sticks out to me is like my favorite chapter because all of a sudden she's realizing that at like this is the proof in the pudding moment of at the end of the day, whether she likes it or not, there are very few people that she trusts and Rune is actually one of them. You'd be hard pressed to get her to say it. Exactly. But this proves that when she got worried, she knew he'd pick up the phone and at the very least he'd like talk her off the ledge. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that what I think is exactly. cute is he so was like- going to come to her because I think his concern was that like Nao- nobody Absolutely. was watching her. You know what I mean? And I don't blame him for that. I mean, it, one, that's his concern. Two, it's it's his sister. And, yeah. you know, he cares about her. Yeah. He doesn't want anything to happen to her. And, and you know, he's like, I'm going to come to you. Give me five minutes. And she's like, no, no, no. And then he's like, then I'll put Deck and Flynn on it. And she's like, Which I no. Which also think is cute. Because can you imagine what that would sound like, like? Like, I can't even imagine on Rune's side how fucking weird that would have to be. To be like... Hey, Deck, Flynn, I got a job for you. Uh Uh-huh. I need you to figure out where the fuck Hunt is. Why? (laughs) I don't know, because you asked me to. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like the fact that Rune was going to open himself up to that weird line of questioning from Declan and Flynn is like, wow, he's a good dude. (laughs) Literally, she cuts him off because... As he starts to say, he will send, he'll get Deck and Flynn on it to go find out where the hell he is. Hunt walks in the front door. In his armor. In his killing outfit. Covered in blood <laughs> and dirt. In his killing outfit. Killing people outfit. And apparently she's kind of like forgotten she has the phone because... All of a sudden, Rune's like, hello, Bryce, hello, hello. You know he's panicking, because now he's thinking, of course, the 10 minutes the hunt is gone, she's getting kidnapped. Like, like exactly, you know, like, poor guy's probably having a panic attack on the other end, right? And she's like, he's back, I'll call you tomorrow, I she know, hangs up on him. Poor, <laughs> poor Rune. 
Could you imagine? Poor dude is just like, I'm sure he's like pulling his hair out, literally. Yeah, like, what I, you the know he walked back into that room and someone was like, everything okay? He was like, give me your beer and it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Or five. And he's holding his phone in front of him like, right. oh my god, she made right. She said it's fine, but um, something about that sounded fishy. <laughs> I'm gonna keep this right here. We, we have, yeah. And so then she starts asking Hunt what happened, yeah. and he is not responding to her. He just he doesn't say a word to her. She can smell all these different types of blood on him, the whole bit, and she's just like, what's going on? And as she says, it, as it comes out and here, the description, and I, I really want to read it because it's so, it really paints the picture correctly. He headed for his room and did not stop. She didn't dare to move. He was a wraith, a demon, uh, a shadow of death. This male, helmeted and in his battle clothes, she didn't know him. Hunt reached his room, not even looking at her, as he shut the door behind him, and we get an invisible snowflake. And when we come back to the other side of said invisible snowflake, because it's a, you know, scene change, it's now from Hunt's point of view. He's just like, you know... He he's struggling because he realizes right, it's he thought she was going to be asleep. Thought he was going to come home to a dark apartment. In. Yeah. He could just go take a shower do what he needs to do like he usually does at the barracks. Where everybody else there knows to just sure. let him well, do Well because to some extent alone. I assume that other people I mean he's to our knowledge the only one going out and often people you know for funsies. Um, but I guess the others probably do like are asked to do things they also don't fucking want to do. So it's it's a little it's like a military mindset where exactly. it's like all of them probably carry things that they don't appreciate. So as he says, he couldn't stand the horror and pain in her face. And he had been beyond words. There had only been screaming until now, from the three males he'd spent hours ending, all of it done to Micah's specifications. So Micah just didn't want them killed. He wanted them tortured and tormented. Like, the fuck? Hunt goes to the bathroom and he starts stripping everything off. He's got the shower going and he's literally going as hot as it can. And as he said, the drug lords he'd edited tonight had gotten in a few blows before he had subdued them. Before he'd pinned them to the ground, impaled on his blades, and left them there shrieking in pain for hours. Wow, gee, Micah, that was really yeah. pleasant. Can you imagine the mind fuck that this poor man goes through every single time he's yeah. sent out on a mission to take care of the problem children yeah. for the governor? He just stands there in this scaldingly hot shower and letting it run over him. And we get another invisible snowflake, it changes. And I like to envision that Bryce has literally been standing there in the hallway, completely stone still, like, phone in hand, just like, is it safe to move yet? Right. <laughs> and she's doing like, do I go after him? Do yeah, I go like, feel uh, like she's uh, definitely just hanging out in the hallway, <laughs> like, um... Like, you know, she's like torn. She's like, okay, okay. Like, I, at least if she, th- if her brain works like mine, she's like, 
okay, okay, I'm just going to give him his space. Okay, it's fine. I'm going to go sit on the couch. No, I don't want to sit on the couch. That seems too weird. Um, it's fine. I'm going to go talk to him. He needs to talk about his feelings. Nope, he's in the shower. He's naked. That's a bad choice. Bad choice. Never mind, Bryce. Go sit on the couch. Go sit on the couch. You should probably call Rune back. He's probably worried. Nope, don't want to fucking talk about it. Don't want to talk to that asshole. I don't know why I called him in the first place. Sit on the couch, Bryce. Sit on the couch. Turn on the TV, Bryce. Turn on the TV. Nope, going to go over there. Like, you know what I mean? You know that she's just like, yeah, this is fine. No, it's not. Maybe this is fine. Nope, this is also bad. <laughs> As she realizes Micah had sent him on a mission. And then she's like, you know, I wonder if this counted towards his quote unquote debt. And she says, you know, it's like supposedly it's his path to freedom. But she goes, it isn't a path to freedom. It was a path to hell. And it's like, good for you for thinking of that. And so she's, she, she waits him out for. 20, 30, 40 minutes before she finally, the water's still running in the shower. Well, yeah, 40 she minutes goes starts, into to, the room, 40 minutes point, starts making like, out like oh. he didn't drown himself in there. Like, I need to go look. <laughs> I know we're out of hot water at this point. Did he, did he, did he, uh, we'd be out of hot water, yes. Uh-huh. Remember, magic. And so she finally goes in and he's just standing there in the shower letting the water run over him he hasn't even picked up soap and she moves in she's not thinking she's not you know she's she's so focused on him she realizes the water is still scalding hot beating down on him his skin is literally burning and healing and burning and healing yay magic she lowers the temperature and he doesn't he doesn't even acknowledge that she's in there and Syrinx comes in to see what the hell is going on. like a dog on. does. Like a dog does. Or in my house, my cat, cat does. Because my in. cats will do this. <laughs> it really is. And uh, apparently he just decides to lay down on the bath mat. Which is... Because, you know... Right, yeah, which is, I was going to say, classic animal behavior. Like, oh, like, everybody else is in here. And also, like, you look kind of sad and... I'm an animal, so I can't do fuck all about it, but I can sit here <laughs> and stare at you while you're naked. <laughs> like... and, and if you need pets, yeah. I can, I I you can sure pet me. Can... Like, yeah, you know. Right. In like, case I'm, what I'm you are sad blood. about is your lack of petting me lately, I'm here. <laughs> and he has, he has literally slid down to his knees in the shower. And so she gets the shampoo out and she's like, I'm going to clean you. And then she's like, you know, if it's okay, like yeah. she doesn't want to well, do it and upset Also, him. you like don't want to die. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. There's a small amount of you yeah. in a situation like this that's like, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to clean you. But also if I touch you, since I'm not fully convinced that you hear me right now, there is a good chance you're going to go for my jugular. So can you like blink or something? <laughs> So that no, it's okay. Yeah. And he, he does respond and basically indicate it's okay that she does this. And he finally looks up at her as she's washing his hair. And he looks so horrible. And she, she says to him, you look how I feel every day. And, you know, she's like, she washes him quite literally from the waist up, his wings, his chest, his head, everything. And finally, she's like, I'm going to let you 
I just love, I feel like that is such um, a Bryce answer. And, and, I, feel, <laughs> I just love that. Like she's totally in it. Like she's like, it's fine. I'm in it. I am standing in your shower. I am soaked through all my clothes. It is fine. I am helping you. But now after that, I am now like my adrenaline of being able to help you has now started to pass. And I realize now that you are naked. So I need to vacate. <laughs> Pretty much. So anyway, he, she, she washes everything she can himself. She gets a towel. She puts one around his hips and she uses another dry off his wings and then rubs his hair. And she's like, come on, let's go to bed. And she goes to put him in bed. She goes and gets underwear and puts the man in a <laughs> pair of underwear. <laughs> okay. I'm okay. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. When I read it initially and I read through all of this, I was actually just so fucking like impressed with her ability to like handle the situation. You know what I mean? Because I gotta be honest, mm. I like we have talked about this. It's not that I don't like Bryce, it's that I don't my brain doesn't work like hers. And because of that, this feels very much like <laughs> you know me. This feels more like how I handle things. So I was shocked to see that in her. Yeah. Like I am very much a mama bear. So this right. would be my wheelhouse. <laughs> right. Find me some drunk people. That is my wheelhouse to mama bear them. So like this made sense to me. Right. I was like, yeah, like this is so great. And then like, even that detail, like, yeah, she finally realized like this man is literally going to just like stop walking. If I stop leading him like into his room. Right. He is literally not going to like put on his right. underwear or his pajamas and like get in bed. He's not going to do anything. And so like, she continues the whole process is stopping after the underwear because she realized trying to like get pajamas on him was going to be a fucking nightmare i mean sounds like somebody who has done some babysitting before so <laughs> i was like this is impeccable like good job bryce but then i have to admit reading it the second time and it's a hilarious detail it's just fucking funny. Mm, it's absolutely that, like as Jam's sitting in her house writing whenever she writes, and she's like, and then Bryce goes to his underwear drawer and gets the man some underwear. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a. I guess the real question is, are they boxes or I also um, want to know. <laughs> boxes, but yeah. So I don't know. I I just, know. I, anyway, yeah. It's just it's one of those things where it's like I think there's like a duality here where it's like very sweet but also very funny. <laughs> it is. It 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 is. It's an interesting comical moment. And she's finally like, "All right, come on, you're going to bed." And she's just putting him to bed in underwear because yeah, she gives up on trying to figure out. Because remember, he's got wings. How the hell do you do the t-shirt with the wings? Like I can see where she'd just I be like, "I don't I have wings." Literally have a flag here that was like Bryce, girl, me too. <laughs> Remember when I was like, can anybody like back? Remember back in Akamath, like a long ass time ago, when I was like, friends, can anybody fucking explain a wing chair to me, let alone a fucking shirt with slats in it? Like, what? Like, clearly, Bryce pulled this shirt out, looked at it, and was like, fuck that. <laughs> like, like, no. And I was like, cool, cool. Bitch doesn't understand any better than I do. <laughs> Because it has sluts on it, just like I'm guaranteeing you, it's just like Which the ones also that also don't make the any fucking sense. So it's right? fine. 
but for wings, so they'd have to be bigger. <laughs> so is it like trying to t-shirts on my daughter right and her arms are like fucking everywhere so like the last thing you need is four arms so is this like trying to put a t-shirt on an octopus yep i think so okay well now we have that visual anyway carry on (laughs) i don't blame her i I don't think i'd have tried it either though i think you know, I have to say there are there are benefits sometimes to being a costumer because I I have an idea of what this looks like. That's nice. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like I have an idea. Well, what this they shirt have to be more like. instead of like sleeves, they must be like vents, right? Yeah, yeah. But they kind of open, and my guess, like I see it like velcro. Uh-huh. Okay, sure. And the only area where it doesn't actually Velcro is the part that comes around the the, the part of the wing that actually is mm-hmm. sticking out. Like, because it yeah. can't, you know. I mean, it may not be, I don't know, that's how I see it, but it would be like, you know, really nice Velcro strips that kind of two vents, so it wasn't a it problem. Nice. So there'd be a small thin strip of fabric, like, covering between the wings in the back, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, now that we've gone down that fucking rabbit hole not once but twice, thank you, Sarah J. Mass, for all the fucking winged men and the t-shirt references. Anyway, carry on. Real trauma is happening. (laughs) It, it, It really is. And she's like, come on, go to bed. Let's get some sleep. And he crawls in the bed and she goes, she turns off the bathroom light and, you know, she's, she gets really sweet. And, you know, she turns to the bed and she's just kind of standing there and she's, she's literally, you know, rubbing his brow over the tattoo. And finally she's like, I was worried about you. So this oh, feels like exactly bullshit to me. <laughs> but even then, like, mm-hmm. don't fucking bend over and get anything out of the fridge. <laughs> Well, you know, and it's funny that you say that because even wearing a t-shirt as a dress, I never really wore them as a dress. If I was lucky, if I was right, lucky, right, and that's what I'm assuming that's what we're going with with this description here. My point, okay, my point is this: bitch isn't wearing any underwear, which is fine. Like I get it, your underwear is wet, but if if you're gonna wear one of his shirts, you should have also just put on one of his like shorts or his underwear or something. I don't know. The reason I say this is because now we're just gonna act like it's totally not gonna fucking ride up and she's just fucking pantsless in his bed all night. She definitely is. Exactly. And and I don't care. That's fine. Like if you're like this is my apartment, I do what I want. Like, bitch, you do you. I always joked with one roommate of mine, and if she had been down, I'd have been down. I always said pants were optional in our house. And <laughs> I'm like, it's fine. Like if that's the way she wants to go about it, cool. But it's just weird because it's kind of written in a way to suggest like, oh, she's not wearing any underwear, which is like cheeky, but it's fine because the t-shirt is long on her. And I'm like, that's not how a t-shirt works. Exactly. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's only awkward I, I because we drew attention to it and then acted like it was not weird. 
if you had just said she took off her wet clothes and put on his shirt, I never probably would have even questioned the underwear part. But like we make a big deal about how she's not wearing any underwear. (laughs) Anyway, so tangent over. I just thought it was an odd choice. (laughs) It's a very odd choice, actually. It really it it is. Oh, sorry. Um, Carry on. I just I saw where the other flag is. It's because uh, this is the other reason it's fucking weird. Because all of this is kind of told to us in the wrong order. Like, we get told that the t-shirt she's wearing comes down to her knees, which is fucking impossible. We already know that doesn't make any sense. (laughs) And then we know she's not wearing any underwear. And then we get kind of this sweet moment where when she gets into the bed, she's very awkward about it. So she's just like sitting in the bed, like back up against like the headboard, like sitting up like, I am sitting in your bed. I am not laying in your bed. I am sitting in your bed. (laughs) And then he like shifts over Mm -hmm. and his head is in her lap and that's fine that is a cute sweet moment that i am here for and she's you know like rubbing his head whatever fine i'm here for that and their moment but then like after this that's when all of a sudden we're gonna make this weird big deal about her not wearing any underwear and that's why i'm like i call bullshit on this whole comfort like this whole situation making any sense there is no way that shirt touches her I, knees I, unless he's like eight I, feet tall and she's like 4'11". <laughs> so like there's no way that his shirt touches her knees. And then there is no way that like her whole like lady bits are hanging out when she goes to sit down. Weird choice. <laughs> it is because she says a child laying his head on his mother's lap. A friend looking for any sort of reassuring contact to remind him that he was a living being. A good person, no matter what they made him do. So that's really what yeah. Hunt is doing. Hunt is seeking comfort. He really is. And he, he's not seeking it in a sexual way or anything. I mean, he really is just... He wants somebody to comfort him to make right. sure he still knows he's alive at this point. You know, she's brushing his hair. He basically falls asleep with his head in her lap and she's sitting up against the headboard. And I mean, it's so sweet and it's so cute. And I I feel like it was made to be far more sexual than it needed to be. Yeah. But like I said, it is and it isn't because it's just a weirdly, it's like weirdly placed information because, because we get the t-shirt bit and being explained specifically that like, it's like, down to her knees or whatever and so you're like okay fine whatever and then you're like cool 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 like whatever so then this moment is cute and that's fine and then you're gonna get an invisible snowflake and then like they're gonna wake up and they're gonna be in the same spot but then like shortly after that she makes like a big deal about like she's like wakes up and like gets out of there because she realizes like she's not wearing any underwear Oh, well, right, right, right. He moves her to her room. room. When she wakes up, she's the Yeah. They, anyway, point is, is they both remember she's not wearing any underwear at this point. So then it gets weird. So then because you now, now as weird. the reader, you now know this information. Like then when you replay it in so your awesome. head, you're like, wait, now, like the, now what you told me doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, yeah. Exactly. Because what happens is, is she had gotten into bed with him. Yeah. She's, he puts his head sure. in her lap and he falls asleep. And we get, an, we get an invisible snowflake. And the next thing we know, this is now from Hunt's point of view. And I actually highlighted the first two sentences of this because it 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 really kind of, it's, it's important. 
Um, he goes, it smelled like paradise, like home and eternity and like exactly where he was meant yeah, to like be. Yeah, like I said, sounds like some matey made shit to me. Don't, <laughs> like, Don't give me that face. Yeah. I know. No, it is but cute. Anyway, it's just it was also cute. hilarious. I, I like it's it. It's It's see, it feels really heavy handed yeah. because we know how like the smells and everything functioned back in Akatar. It was always like smoothly yeah. dropped in there that eventually you started to like pick up on these things. This feels like well, <laughs> like, she smells perfect. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. Anyways, <laughs> it's still still my favorite chapter, guys. <laughs> Despite all of these weird things about it, I still fucking love it. <laughs> anyway, Bright, uh, Hunt wakes mm-hmm. up. It's three thirty in the morning. He realizes that Bryce had fallen asleep in bed with him, and she—he's like, you know, she had taken care of him. She had washed him, clothed him, soothed him, and he couldn't remember yeah. the last time anyone had done that. And I think that is kind of important because it goes along with yeah. the first two sentences that I read of this little section here is, is you know, it, it really, she stepped up in a way that she, right. A, did not have to, and B, that it really yeah. resonated with him. And I just thought that was so sweet. And uh, anyway, he lifts his face and that's when he suddenly realizes she's not wearing underwear and that's what makes it awkward and he's like okay how am i going to get her you know to bed so he finally figures out he picks her up carries her into her room puts her in her bed searing stays with her and oh to be the kind of person who could sleep through that yes I, I would have woken up the to. minute he woke up and like the bed changed even a little bit. <laughs> this scene would not be cute with me Same. because I'd have been like, what's wrong? What's happening? <laughs> you moved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he'd be like, bitch, Are you okay? <laughs> I'd be arms flailing, slapping, I wish uh, I could slapping like that. cat dog out of the bed by accident. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's he's why such it's my an favorite awesome chapter because I think, a, like I said, a lot got accomplished. Like, like Rune and Bryce yeah. are whether they, like they're not talking about it, but clearly their relationship is much better than like where it started at the beginning of this book. You know what I mean? And then, and then Hunt and Bryce, like, obviously, like, that's what I was complaining about, I think, offline. I don't, maybe I said a little bit in the last episode. I think Mm -hmm. my problem with Hunt and Bryce up until this point was, like, we knew in theory that they had, like, overlapping, like, trauma and, like, could be each other's, like, strong person, but they weren't actually doing it. You know what I mean? And so, like, now we got to see that, mm-hmm, and we got to mm-hmm, see Bryce, like, mm-hmm. step up, which, like, I was impressed by. So, like, I, this chapter did a lot. Did a lot of weird shit, too, with the t-shirt. <laughs> but it's fine. It's fine. What is a chapter 54 without at least one questionable fucking moment? <laughs> True. 
very true. And and it is important. I mean, what happens with the resolution yeah. of these three characters and how all these questions and, yeah. and angst kind of yeah. are addressed is yeah, so I really, really like cool. that Ends up going back to bed. But it the yeah. fact that she called Rune really touches Hunt. Like it means a lot to Hunt that she she called him because she was she called he doesn't know it. He thinks she called her cousin, but she called her brother because she was worried about him. And it just, it's so sweet. And um, he falls asleep in his own bed. He goes back to bed, falls asleep, but it still yeah. smells like her, which, all right, let's face it. I, I, I know, like, you know, you date the guy and he sleeps and like the next time you go to sleep and he's not there, you're, you're going to snuggle up to his pillow because it smells uh, like him. Yes, right? you mean that they have a smell that's, uh, like, I'm... identifiable. <laughs> True. You know, like, when yeah. you're in college and they're trying to impress yeah. you and they wear a really yeah. nice cologne. Not like when you're married and yeah. they don't uh-huh. own any cologne because actually they know that you're allergic to most ingredients. <laughs> oh, at least that's my experience. Yeah. And like we all use the same soap in this house, so I mean we all smell the same anyway. <laughs> but I'm sure for other people that's cute. Same. <laughs> yeah. Like you. Can yeah. I have sensitive no. skin? Okay. <laughs> and sensitive noses. <laughs> really? My poor husband. The only time now, like when my husband, like. The closest he comes to cologne anymore there is you go. he does have beard oil yeah. that, that some of it is scented. And the scented beard oil, some of it smells really good. You'll get out of shower and he's put his beard oil on and then he'll come up to oh, me and I'm yeah. like, Ooh, you Well, speak we're crazy. like hippies who use like goat milk soap that has like essential oils in it. So like it has a smell, but it's the same smell. Like we both use the same product. So. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> We're not much different here. I just, you know, about the only time I can tell you my husband is identifiably smelling pretty, so to speak, there is, you go. Uh, when he's put his beard oil in. So. Like, yeah. You got for other written, people, right? I'm sure this is great. chapter 55 yep. this chapter 55 is nothing like akamat 55 yeah. so don't get your hopes up <laughs> just no, all this bullshit about not having no, a it's not that 55. <laughs> pretty much uh so that yeah that was the end of 54 and we're on 55 now and 55 starts yep. with bryce waking up in her own yeah. bed totally confused she's like what the ever they mean huh what who where and of course, right. Searing kicks her because he's mad. He wants to go back to sleep. <laughs> she she gets up and she's walking around her apartment and she's like, "All right, where's where's Hunt? Making sure he's okay." She finds him asleep in bed. So then she goes and she makes coffee because yeah, like her, I understand this must have yeah. coffee to yeah, function. She's a, little, she's a little like a Lorelai without Gilmore. function. Coffee, 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 coffee. Mm, I'm the same way. I must have coffee to function. 
preferably caffeine. I must have caffeine, preferably in the morning coffee. As I've gotten older, it's become much more distinct to coffee, but caffeine. And uh, she realizes she's reading all of Rune's text messages. She really realizes, and and this is kind of her moment of realizing that Rune would have stopped everything he was doing to find, to, to come to her and to have Declan and Flynn find Hunt and make sure he was okay and that he had really and truly tried to apologize to her and she realizes you know like it 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 really impacts her and even though she doesn't say anything we know it's impacting her and how she's gonna interact with and relate to her brother going forward anyway then she goes through um she doesn't respond and then she has another message that she's gotten from juniper and while I get it, this one kind of pisses me off um, because Juniper's like, Madam Kira told me you never showed up for her class. What the hell, Bryce? I had to beg her to hold that spot for you. She was really mad. Now, Bryce yeah. never promised she would go. And so I, I'm angry for Bryce because how dare Juniper do that? I mean, that's a really... That to me is Juniper being so all up in Juniper's world that Juniper isn't really I listening to what her friend problem, is telling her. Like I said last episode, I think the problem Juniper has is that she has run out of bandwidth to deal with Bryce and the way she is dealing with Danica. Because the thing is, is I and this kind of does remind me of like a problem that we kind of like encounter in Akatar, which is when you read these books, you kind of forget that like where the other characters were at the time. It's not like Juniper wasn't friends with Danica. So, like, Juniper's kind of out of bandwidth to deal with, like, Bryce's problem of the moment in the sense that, like, I think for Juniper, it's been two years. She has tried to, like, drag Bryce out of there. When Bryce was, like, trying to jump off the roof, she was there. You know, she's done everything she can. And at this point, she's trying, she tried her best to drag Bryce out and be like come fucking dance with me so we have something in common again so while it was a dumb idea on her part to like make her like you know teacher or whatever like hold a spot for her when Bryce like specifically was like I don't know like uh, that was dumb on her part but on the other hand I think this is kind of Juniper being like look I'm out of like I'm kind of out of bandwidth for this at this point but at the same time I think Juniper's yeah. response is just a little Yeah, I think I think the the thought process of holding the spot open for her and then being frustrated that she didn't take like all of that to me reads like, yeah, you were trying to do a thing and you were kind of like, this is my last ditch effort for us to have a thing to do together again. And if this doesn't work, then this doesn't fucking work. But like the fact that then she's like so mean about it is the problem. <laughs> yeah. And that's where I have an issue because she becomes very she becomes very yeah. self centered and bitchy about it. And I I don't expect Juniper to have the same sense of loss. But it's ironic because Rude knows the truth. Sure. But they also don't the fuck truth. around with her like that. But like Juniper and her mom don't know that they haven't been given the details, so when they're fucking around it's because they don't fucking know. Bryce just tends to hold True. things close to the vest, is my point. And I think it's hard to expect people around her to have like uh, to 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 like put a lot of guesswork in, you know what I mean? Oh, I yeah. do, and actually, I mean that makes sense. It's so I just, frustrating the way she is. In you this. know, I, yeah. I find it interesting. It's very frustrating to me because yeah. it's like this is 
bad communication on so many levels. It's like if you're this snippy right, and pissy right. about it, you pick up the phone and call. Right. You don't freaking text them. Um, you know, and Bryce writes her back and she's like, look, I'm really sorry. Tell her I'm in the middle of working on something for the governor and got called away. Sadly, mm-hmm. it's right. the truth. But Juniper doesn't believe her. Because then Juniper writes back and she goes, this woman does not peddle in, in excuses. I worked hard to get her to like me, Bryce. And I'm like, is this about you or is this about Bryce? And I think I was fine until literally I read that. And then I was just like, all right, who is this about? Is this about you or is this about Bryce? Yeah, I mean, I think in this situation, it's about both, though. Fair. Like, yeah. But you know what yeah. I'm saying? No, I get it. I just think that from what we know about Juniper, it's not that Juniper is trying to make it about herself. It's that Juniper is trying to protect herself a little bit. Which, I mean, she I has to because that. who the fuck else is going to do again, it? I don't, I am not convinced that, I mean, I, yeah, I'm not convinced that if Juniper had disappeared off the earth, like for, like the Bryce would know for like two weeks. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that Bryce is checking in on Juniper and how she's doing with her grief. <laughs> you know what I mean? As much as Juniper is checking in on Bryce. Yeah. And I, <laughs> yeah. And I totally get that. You know what? That is yeah. completely valid. So, you know, that I, I'm with you on that. Yeah. I it's just, it's like you said, I think it's just, it's again. weird in a text message and it does put Juniper in a weird place. It does. And it's like, if she just picked up the phone and talked to her, I think some of the misunderstanding would have. It's gone also away. just weird you know because it ends with like because then Bryce kind of gets snippy back where she's like, "I'm sorry, okay, I told you I was a maybe. You shouldn't have let her think I'd be there." And she says, "Whatever, I gotta go." I don't know anybody who would not just not respond. <laughs> so some of that is just kind of wonky choices, in my opinion. <laughs> feels unnatural. <laughs> well, because I think in this case, Bryce Juniper doesn't want to admit that yeah. maybe Bryce is right and she was wrong and, and making the assumption. And and I really think in yeah. this case, Juniper's trying to protect herself. Deflect. Uh, but by the time she gets done messaging back and forth with Juniper and she's got a cup of coffee in front of her, Hunt is up and standing in the kitchen and she's like, you know, how are you doing? And, you know, he's like, I'm fine. But he's not actually being, like, pissy or bitter or whatever. He's really just, yeah, I'm good. You know, I'm okay. Um, I do, I do, because she's like, look, I'm really sorry I took one of your t-shirts. And I love how Hunt kind of recovers this and saves it in a, yeah. in a really fun, sweet way. Because he's like, at the risk of sounding like an awful whole cliche. I like seeing you in my shirt, which yeah. is cute and flirty, but it's sweet. Um, and then she's like, you know, he says thank you to her for what she did. And she's like, don't mention it. Um, you know, not to worry about it. And there he starts cooking breakfast and they're kind of being a little weird and awkward. And, you know, it's the whole. It gets really sexual tension really fast. And it's 
it's like sweet in a way, but it's also kind of awkward in a way. <laughs> in fairness, it's awkward because Bryce is a little awkward. Like it's well, exactly. awkward. That's what I mean, though. I mean, yeah, sweet, it's like an Akatar where like. Okay, it's like an Akatar where, like, Feyre is kind of awkward early on. You know what I mean? When she's, like, not sure if she's supposed to like Reese mm-hmm. or not. And so she's like, he's really hot, but I'm really irritated, so I'm not gonna say anything. And you're like, you're fucking making this weird. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of like that. Where it was, mm-hmm. like, fine until... Mm-hmm. But also, it's also just, like, a weird... Again, it's like we're getting information at weird times. Um, some of it is just like a weird yeah. uh info choice because the first part of this is fine, where she's all like, I'm not gonna touch him, I'm not gonna touch him, I really want to touch him, I'm not gonna touch him. You're like, okay, that's kind of cute, right? But then the fucking paragraph after that is so awkward because it's basically like, yeah, I mean, it makes sense that I want to have sex because I haven't done it since all uh, that lion shifter in the Raven's bathroom. Wow, Bryce. Like, thanks for reminding us. What? And then she's like, and she's all turned on, and she realizes he can tell. And And I'm just like, God. (laughs) Thanks. I needed that information. Not only did I not need that information, not only did I not need that information, but then it occurred to me that is that the, okay, it makes logical sense fine but now i just like have a lot of fucking questions you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. okay but then how come both of you haven't been able to smell that on the other person before now i think they have i just think this is the first time it's like obviously pointed out i guess but that seemed weird and then also like so is that the case over in akatar land because we don't really discuss that and if that is the case once again it makes a lot of people really fucking stupid then well it's got to be the case oh yeah 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 but see then that doesn't make any sense either i now have a problem with this being a canon thing because if that is the case then it does then absolutely I don't know. It just fucks up that whole idea that there's like a will they won't they because clearly it's like like what? No, clearly we all know. So you know what I mean? Like the idea, like the idea that Reese and Feyre had like like that Feyre didn't know they were mates and had no idea Reese even fucking liked her feels like bullshit to me. If supposedly they can smell it. I agree. If they yeah. can smell the attraction. So that doesn't make any fucking yeah. sense. I'm, I'm with you. And then same mm-hmm. here. Because that means that if he can smell it, then she can smell it. And God, this poor man has been like blue balls for like the last like 10 chapters. So. Mm-hmm. What? I also, agree. how is. I'm sorry. I'm know. just going to finally say it because it is late enough at night that we were recording. And also because I've now read it enough times in this book to feel like we have to address it. Also, if that is the case, how is he jacking off in her house? I ignored it like the first two times we told me that information. And I was just like, it's fine. Okay. Good to know. And then, like, the third time I was like, okay, I'm really tired of reading about this. <laughs> I don't need to know. 
that's great for you. <laughs> I know. I, I, I don't know what else to say other than, yeah, I, I totally know where you're coming <laughs> so from. So now that we have addressed all of the fucking awkward elephants in the room, it just gets worse. So she, they get mm-hmm. flirty because she's turned on. He realizes it and he calls her out on it. And apparently she's lying and she's like, oh no, I'm thinking about a, cause he asked her what she's thinking about. Mm-hmm. Cause he says to her, I didn't know clothing sales got you so hot and bothered. And her response is hysterical. It is. It's perfect. She goes, it's the little things in life. Yeah. Uh-huh. But then I just like that he 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 doesn't let it go. He's like, "Is that what you think about when you open up that left the nightstand clothing sales?" And she goes, "Yes, all those clothes all over my body." <laughs> and then it literally says she had no idea what the fuck was going out of her mouth. <laughs> and I'm like, ten points for you. That is hysterical. Like, yes. Yes, Queen. Just say the first thing that comes yes. out of your mouth. I'm here for it. <laughs> like, it is well played. She was not going to let him have the last line, you know? And then, well, no, because, <laughs> well, but yeah. he does. Because he, he's like, maybe you should buy some new underwear. It seems like you're out. Well, really, hon? Yeah. Um, I'm still. <laughs> struggling to put together a sentence because I feel like what is happening here okay I feel like what is happening here is neither of them is entirely sure where the other person stands so we are basically playing oh god what is that fucking horrendous game the people like okay apparently this is probably like fucking illegal now but like when I was in high school (laughs) would always play that game where it would be like like, who would, like, like at what point would you, like, be like, okay, like, nope, I'm done. And it was, like, you would kind of, like, uh, what's the word I'm trying to look for? It's, like, you're not trying to, like, creep them out, but you're, like, you know, like, so, like, you're, like, you're touching, like, you know, like, the inside of your knee and, like, where it, like, tickles and stuff. Like, you know what I mean? You're, like, grabbing each other's, like, knee and, like, you know, northwards before you're, like, okay, I'm out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what can you get away with before you're, like, nope, this is too fucking weird. I'm out, right? And so, like... I feel like they're playing mm-hmm. that game. You know what I mean? Where it's like, who has the last fucking like line? Mm-hmm. Like, because I think he, if I'm th- like, if I'm thinking logically, but he's a man, so he's probably not thinking logically. I feel like what he's doing is he's like, I'm going to say this. And this is either going to go one of two ways. She's going to leave and go put underwear on, in which case, okay, well that went how I kind of thought it would, or I'm going to say this and she's going to say something smart assy back. And eventually we are going to end up making out in this kitchen. And that will give him his answer. Right. You know what I mean? So he's like, I'm just going to say it and see which one happens. <laughs> and the problem is, is they get very yeah. close to the whole, to the ladder. And then they smell yeah. the food burning that Hunt was cooking on the stove. You know, not, yeah, nothing like, like burning setting the kitchen food on fire. Yeah. You know, putting, putting your libido on yeah. Uh, yeah. back burner, <laughs> literally. So she goes and she gets dressed and it it was awkward. They leave, they go to work and the phone rings and as she's opening the gallery door and she's thinking it wasn't Rune and it wasn't Juniper. No, it's her boss. 
telling her to open the back door now. And we get an invisible wah, snowflake. Wah. And on the other side of this invisible snowflake, it's definitely scene change. We are now down in the library and Lily is talking to Bryce and she's like, it's horrible, just horrible. And Hunt is like peering at it into the gloom because it's uh, staring at the massive dimly lit tank. Bryce felt her arm hair stand on end as she watched their new addition explore its environment. Hunt crossed his arms and peered into the gloom. Any thoughts of getting naked with him had vanished an hour ago. A dark, scaled hand slapped against the thick glass, ivory claws scraping. Bryce swallowed. I want to know where anyone even found a knock in these waters. From what she'd heard, they existed only in the icy seas of the north and mostly in Pangera. Um, and if I remember correctly reading about these, because they do talk about them at another point previous to this, Nox eat humans. Nox pretty much eat anything in front of them. They are, they are very high level predators and it's not in a fun, nice way. And Nox knows he's scaring the shit out of Lily and he's definitely making Bryce uncomfortable. The description... At eight feet long, the knock might have very well been the hellish twin to a mermail. But instead of humanoid features, the knock presented a jutting lower jaw with a two-wide, lipless mouth full of needle-thin teeth. Its overlarge eyes were milky, like some of the fishes in the deep. Its tail was mostly translucent, bony and sharp, and above it a warped muscled torso rose. No hair covered its chest or head, and its four-fingered hands ended in dagger-like claws. Yeah. So it's cute. That yeah. sounds unpleasant. Yeah, I'm with you. At best. That's enough of the something yeah, to keep me you. out of the water. Yep, Forget yep, Jaws. Yep, yep, yep. So she calls her boss, and she's like, we have a problem. And Jessup is like, with this contract, and Bryce is like, no, the creeper right. aquarium. <laughs> and Jessup is like, look, I'm in a meeting. And, you know, Bryce is like, look, Lily's scared. She's freaked out. Lily's you know, scared. I mean, I'm less than impressed. You know, like, she's totally, you know, anyway, Jessup basically blows her off and hangs up on her. So, her Bryce is left to deal with this obnoxious thing. You know, Hunt is always like, you know, what are you going to feed it? And Lily's like, well, they love humans. Yeah, this is like, oh, this is all really pleasant. Thanks, guys. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. And she's like, beef. He'll get a few steaks a day. And Lily's like, can we put up a curtain? <laughs> I don't blame her. I think I'd want a curtain too with this thing. And Bryce is logical enough to say no. Jessup will rip it down. And Hunt's like, you know, I can pile some books to block your view of him. And Lily's like, but he'll still know where I, I am. She's so cute. I feel so bad for her. They try to figure, you know, out what they're going to do. And they finally come to a realization that he's yeah. just awful. And Hunt asks the ultimate question. He's like, who would want a knock for a pet? And Bryce's answer is priceless. 
a sorceress who chose to join Flame and Shadow and turns her enemies into animals. Embraces motion, motions to the smaller tanks and terrariums built into the shelves around them. You know, Brace's leg is bothering her. Hunt's like, you need to see a medwitch. And that goes about as yeah. well as a blood balloon. They're waiting on news from Victoria. They knew that even though they've killed one demon, one Crystallis demon, there's still more out there. I mean, it's like, yeah. this is a horrible, crazy, vicious cycle that they're all in and they're thinking about. And they've realized that the pulped bodies were not done by the Crystallis, but something else. It's just kind of, kind of strange. And uh, we we finally get a, it gets really awkward. Yeah. He gets a text message and we finally get a, a Another invisible snowflake. It I does. Say, God, this yeah. chapter goes on for 10 yeah. million years. And then, you know, Bryce is locking up and she's got the phone. She's on the phone and come to find out she's looking, yeah. she's talking to her mom. And his mom, her mom and father wanted to come and visit her this weekend. And of course, Bryce doesn't want them in town. One, Hunt is living with her in two with yeah. the case they're working on, Brown. she really doesn't need them yeah. up in her, her business. And so she's trying to put them off and, and you know, it's just kind of weird. And so he had gotten a message from Victoria that's like, I found something. You need to meet me in 15 minutes. He calls Bryce to get her outside and she's, and she's finishing looking up and she's like, I don't know, mom. Of course, I miss you, but maybe next month because she's really been trying to put her mom off from coming to visit because really, this is not the time or place for mom right. to be up in her business. And then she's like, what? This weekend? Nope, nope. I have a guess. It's a long story. He's like a roommate. Uh, his name, uh, Athy. No, mom, this weekend really doesn't work. No, I'm not blowing you guys off again. And what about a video chat then? Yeah, of course, I'll I'll make the time. Okay, bye, Mom. And she finally gets off the phone with her mom. Like, I gotta admit, if I were in her oh, shoes yeah. right now, I don't think I'd want my mom to show up and visit me either. Fair. Fair, Mom. And Hunt's like, oh, you know, your mom seems kind of persistent about all this. And she's I like, know. yeah, they want to meet you. <laughs> and he's just like, okay. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> Let's make this more awkward, shall we? They meet Victoria at a bar, and Bryce is like, what did you find? And Victoria hands her a file. And Hunt's looking at it, and Bryce is looking at it, and, and he's like, this can't be right. And Victoria said, well, that's what I said. And the report, Hunt is saying, the report shows, in the phase near screening lay the results. Small bits of something synthetic. Not organic, not technological, not magic, but a combination of all three. Find what is in between, Adis had said. Bryce says, Danica freelance for Redner Industries. They do all sorts of experiments. Would that explain this? Victoria answers with, it might. But I'm running the mirror, me mirror on every other sample we have. 
from the others. Initial tests also came up positive on Maximus Tertian's clothes. It's not pure magic or tech or organic. It's a hybrid. And with its other traces causing it to be canceled out in the other categories, a cloaking device almost. And Bryce is like, well, what is it? Victoria answers and she says, you know, it's some sort of drug. From what I can find, it looks like it's mostly used for medical purposes in very small doses. But it might have leaked onto the streets, which led to doses that are far from safe. And Bryce is like, Danica wouldn't have done that. And for all of Danica's craziness, I have to say, I don't know if Danica would have. Maybe, maybe not. Right? I don't know. And Victoria's like, no, but she was exposed to it. All of her clothes were. Whether that was upon her death or before it is unclear. We're going to run the test on the samples we took from the pack of devils and the two most recent victims. And Hunt's like, well, Tertian was in the meat market, so he, he could have taken it. And Bryce is like, what do they call this? And Victoria's like, exactly what it sounds like, synth. Now, put a pin this really quick. Do you all remember back in the first couple of chapters when mm-hmm. the drug dealer's trying to mm-hmm. offer her some synth? Mm-hmm. It is the same thing. And Bryce is like, she does finally look at Hunt and she's like, Rune had said that Medwitch mentioned a synthetic healing compound that could possibly repair. We know she's referring to the horn and Hunt's like, it might be the same one. Oh, shitty. And when they get back to the gallery and head home, Hunt's like, look, this can take time, but we're getting closer and that's a good thing. And I find it interesting because she's like, what do you think about this synth? And Hunt is very careful. He responds with, you know, it could have just been exposure. Danica had it redner. Tertian could have just taken it as a recreational drug right before he died. And we're still waiting to find out if it shows up any of the other victims. And she picks up the phone. She calls Rune. And she's like, that healing drug, the synthetic one that you heard about, what do you know about it? And he's like, well, she sent over some research a couple of days ago. A lot of it's been redacted by Redner, but I'm going through it. Why? And Bryce is like, there were traces of something called synth on Danica's clothes. It's a relatively new synthetic medicine, and it sounds like it's leaked onto the streets and is being used in higher concentrations as an illegal substance. I'm wondering if it's the same thing. And Rune's like, um, yeah, this, this research is on synth. He's like, it can do some pretty amazing things. There's a list of ingredients here. Again, a lot of it was redacted, but. And like, it gets super quiet and everybody's like, what? And Rune's finally like, um, obsidian salt is listed as one of the ingredients. Obsidian salt, the same salt we use to summon demons and bring. Bryce just kind of is like, obsidian. Could the synth be used to summon a demon if someone didn't have the power on their own? Could the obsidian salt in the drug let them call on something like the Crystallos? Rune's like, I-, I don't know, but I'll let you know what I find. And she she looks at Hunt after she gets off the phone with Rune, and she's like, we've got to figure out who's selling it. Tertian must have known before he died. We're going to go to the meat market. And Hunt's like, whoa, 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 we need to be careful. And she's like, I want answers. And he's like, okay, we can go tomorrow. We're going to take tonight off. And Bryce is, no, I can't, like, he he finally talks sense into her. And 
He's like, look, enjoy talking to your parents, Bryce. They're alive. Don't miss out on any moment of it. Not for this. And then he goes, I wish I had that luxury. So now this is like, as you said before, you know, this, this whole section, it's like we get these little insights into all of these people. And this is the one we're going to get some info about Hunt. And she talks about where he talks about his mom. And, you know, he's like, he never knew who his father was. His mother never told him. Uh, his mom was a low ranking angel and she, she cleaned villas for the higher ranking in for higher ranking angels. And, uh, you know, she worked all the time to keep them fed roof over their house, clothed the whole bit. And he was a foot soldier and he was sending money home when he could. And his mother was robbed. The apartment got robbed and his mother was killed by the, the robber and nobody cared. Like, you know, nobody like the thieves took all of the money he'd sent her, yeah. but nobody cared. Like it was like no big deal. She was Hunt's world. And so poor Hunt really, he's struggling. And he realizes that what he did for Shahar was as much for Shahar as it was for his mom. And she's finally like, fine, I'll video chat with my parents. Playing legionary with you can wait, which I think is cute and it's sweet. And this would be a great place to end the chapter, but, but it doesn't. We get another invisible snowflake. We come back and it tells you Bryce and Hunt have been cleaning the apartment like crazy. And she she knows, you know, she she's just like, nope, you don't get it. My mom is my mom is crazy. She'll know if it's been cleaned or not. You can't use the spell to do it. It's gotta be clean, cleaned. Hunt kept hearing the whole time, Hunt is hearing in his head what Micah told him. Find out who's behind this. Get the job done. Don't make me reconsider our bargain. And you know, that's a that's a whole lot for him to be yeah, processing in his head while he's doing worse. this. I know. And as he says, he knows too much, he's learned too much. And it's it's kind of rough for him. And Bryce is like, I can open a bottle of wine if you need liquid courage, because they're getting ready to get on with her mom. And her mother is like, Why exactly would he need liquid courage, Bryce? And that's finally, finally, yeah, the end of the chapter. Because, like, while they're cleaning and stuff, that's when all of a sudden, yeah, he's thinking he knew too much, had learned too much all about all of it, about what he might have had without the halo and slave tattoo. And then, like, right before they get on the call, he says he was on a one-way collision course. He couldn't bring himself to stop it. And I just feel awful for him because know. he knows there is no way for this to like work out well. Which, okay, no. I have to say, we all know that too because this is a Sarah J. Mass book. So, like, why would we let our characters be happy? Um, but um, more so than that, I actually don't know necessarily why he does think that because, in theory, if they solve this case, doesn't he only have like 10 kills left after that? No, granted, Michael will drag that on for fucking ever. But, like, assuming she makes the drop, she oh, will God, also yeah. live for fucking ever. So, Mass or call bullshit on that. But anyway, <laughs> mostly, mostly he's fucked because this is a Sarah J. Mass book and we couldn't possibly let him be happy. Um, <laughs> no. But I don't think he knows that. That'd be too meta. 
There is a reason why you are called a survivor <laughs> of mass destruction. Having Hunt be happy would no. not allow for that saying to be true. Um, oh, chapter 56. Is super cute. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what it is? It's very cute. It's, um, yeah. So we know that Bryce was offering Hunt a adult beverage uh, just before the call came on. And there is a, the chapter, this chapter opens quite literally with the call beginning. And Hunt acknowledges that Bryce's mother is a stunning woman in her mid forties, um, which I thought is kind of a nice way of saying Bryce has a hot mama. Um, <laughs> yeah. I felt like he was like, Oh, she has good genes. <laughs> yeah, really? Basically. Um, and you know, the first question Bryce asks is where's her dad? And he's making coffee because apparently he had a long day. And her mother's like, oh, you must be Athy. It's just so weird to her anybody but Bryce or Lily call him that. I'm sorry. Especially <laughs> Lily's the one who I always think of as calling him that. But, you know, what, what can I say? I just like that, like, her mom's just like, uh-huh, sure. You told me his name is Athy. He must be Athy. This is fine. And then when her dad sits down, he's just like, <laughs> um... <laughs> I think you left some really big details out. <laughs> yeah, poor dad. Dad dad puts one and one together and he comes up with two and then he yeah. goes from two to four and then he's like, whoa, slow down. Yeah, pretty much. I just like that you can picture exactly how this man gets on the screen because he comes over and he's like, you know, like, oh yeah, I'm too, that old, that new coffee maker you've got us is confusing. I don't get it. And wait a minute, what the fuck, who's this? Wait, I know exactly who this is. <laughs> I know I know that face. Yeah, like, wait a minute, wait a minute, stop. <laughs> Hunt is suddenly like, wait a minute. And Randall, when he finally really looks at Hunt, is, I, I, this is so interesting. Um, I just, I'm going to read it. It says, Randall's eyes shifted to Hunt, the warmth cooling to something harder. The eyes of the fabled sharpshooter, the man who taught his daughter how to defend herself. You must be Bryce's sort of roommate. Hunt saw the ma man notice his tattoos on his brow, on his wrist. Recognition flared across Randall's face. Yet he didn't sneer. He didn't cringe. Bryce elbowed Hunt in the ribs, reminding him to actually speak. I'm Hunt Athelar, he said, glancing at Bryce. Or... Athy, as she and Lily call me. So, something tells me, you know, that's probably, there are other ways you should have handled introducing the Umber Mortis to your parents. This is not the way I would recommend doing it. I mean, I it's like, it's it's a crapshoot, right? <laughs> like, right. No matter what she did, she was going to be wrong. So, like, you either tell them up front, no, I don't want to do a video call. Uh, my life is fucking weird and Hunt Athlar, like, death himself lives in my house. Or <laughs> you just, like, beat around the bush and you... <gasps> my dog... Okay, long story short, because you're all going to hear this the entire rest of this episode, the cats are in their own room currently trying to bust out and the dog is just mad about it. <laughs> so it is mayhem in my house. Anyway. <laughs> so if you hear tip, tap, 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 that's cat knocking on the door. <laughs> oh, wow. That's good to know. Yeah, it's not construction. It's my cats. Um, anyway, 
so yeah, I feel like it's a crap, it's a crapshoot because I feel like no matter what, like it was just going to come, it was, it was going to be like a shock either way. It was either going to be a shock when she said, or it was going to be a shock when they saw him. Right. No, I agree. So, crapshoot. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, her father is like, when were you going to tell us this? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I'm giving you a hairy eyeball look. And, of course, Ember doesn't say anything. She's not even moving, which means she's pissed. <laughs> um, Bryce, I really have to wonder. Sometimes I think the girl has a serious death wish. but uh, hey. I will agree with that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to go take it up with, okay, all right, fine, do that. And uh, Randall kind of steps into the breach and looks at him and says, you were stationed at Meridian when I was over there. I was running recon the day you took on that battalion. Rough battle, is all Hunt said. Shadows darkened Randall's eyes. Yeah, it was. Hunt shut out the memory of that one-sided massacre of how many humans and their few Vaynir allies hadn't walked away from his sword or lightning. He'd been serving Sandriel then, and her orders had been brutal. No prisoners. She'd sent him and Pollux out that day, ahead of her legion, to intercept the small rebel force camped in a mountain pass. Hunt had worked around her order as best he could. He'd made the deaths quick. So, yeah, I'd say Dad knows a lot about who Bry- who Hunt is and what he can do and what he's like. And I'm sure Mom knows and Bryce is fucked. <laughs> yeah, I'm sort of thinking about it now in that context. I bet you actually Bryce made the right move by not mentioning it to her parents and letting them figure it out this way because if she had mentioned it on the phone to her mom her mom would have then still not really known all of the context would have said something to her husband who then would have told her for days until this video call or whatever like all of the bullshit they'd have just shown up right so versus now it's just like now they're just everybody's like kind of stuck in the room together and it's like and you're also gonna have to realize he's kind of a nice guy (laughs) yeah no i know i just i'm like oh oh shit here we go yeah Yeah, i have a headache for her anyway (laughs) me too uh so when ember finally gets her capacity to speak back because I really think she just was beyond being able to speak for a while there. Uh, she looks at her daughter and she's like, you know, and she's like, why is Hunt Athelar your roommate? And just before that, Hunt is noticing Ember wears a necklace. And um, it's a silver pendant a circle set atop two triangles. The embrace, Hunt realized. The union of Solus and Cathona. Ember frowned. And so I find it interesting because that's a pretty unusual and rare amulet for her to have and for her to be wearing. And the fact that he calls it out, I mean, it's the union of two gods. So it's, you're kind of like sitting there shaking your head going, all right, what's going on? And Bryce is trying to go for the quippy, funny. Oh, he was, he was booted from the 33rd for his questionable fashion sense. And told him he could stay here. And 
of course, Ember and Randall both know she is full of shit. Yeah, but the thing I don't really understand, to be honest with you, is, like, they, I don't know. I feel like there was a way to play this that she didn't, which is weird, because I feel like with anybody else, she would have. I feel like she could have just played this, like, oh, he's just my roommate because, like, I think he's weird and I like that and, like, why not have a roommate and, like, let her parents think they're sleeping together, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's kind of weird to me that she, like, immediately makes it clear, like, oh, yeah, he's, like, staying here because we're doing a whole fucking thing. Like, I feel... Like, that was a weird choice, given she's totally okay with everybody on Earth thinking, like, she sleeps with anything that walks. I feel like this was exactly when you used that cover story. I do, but the question is, does she let her parents think that? I feel like there's no way that you run around and have all the shit that went down with Danica two years ago go down without them assuming some portion of that is accurate. True. You know what I mean? Because, well, because we know for a fact that some portion of that is accurate. <laughs> like she did, you know, duel with that lion shifter recently. Um, <laughs> yeah. So like, I don't know. I guess it's not that like she would have had to be like outwardly awkward about it. I'm just saying I feel like there were answers that didn't have to be we're working on a case, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree you know, 100%. Like, I decided to, you know, try to save some money for a motorcycle i don't know you know he's my roommate because he's weird and i like weird people he's we're dating literally anything (laughs) i know anything but hey i'm doing something that's gonna get me killed mom and dad (laughs) you know well yeah i mean that that would make total sense mom dad oh jessica introduced us like anything (laughs) anything He's Jessica's third cousin twice removed. <laughs> right. This whole conversation starts to devolve very quickly and Ember and Bryce start bickering. And then Ember starts picking on Bryce. When was the last time you cleaned? Now remember, they had been frantically cleaning the apartment, scrubbing it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, what do they have? Smell-o-vision? Yeah. Also... Uh, yeah. I just feel like this is a toxic trait, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, think. Just a little. Just a little. But I do like how mom comes back to all of this and she's like, so does Hunt know about JJ? Okay, that was hilarious. And then, like, because of this question, I really thought this whole video call is about to go in a totally different direction. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Like, I have to say, the first time I read it, I was like, oh, well, that's going to be a fun call. Okay, here we go. And that isn't what happens. Right, right. And then Hunt is like, oh, yeah, Jelly Jubilee and I are good friends. So then Ember's response to that is hysterical. She's like, all right, Hunt, if she showed you JJ, then she's got to like you. So tell me about yourself. Right, which I thought was really cute. And I was like, wow, we're really going somewhere with this. I love this energy. Keep it up. We don't keep it up. So you know, he's, her father, Randall, is like, he's Hunt Athelar. And Ember's hysterical. She goes, I know. But all I've heard are horrible war stories. I want to know about the real male and get a straight answer about why you're living in my daughter's guest room. <laughs> like, fair, Ooh. fair, Ember, fair. Oh, damn. Go, Mom. 
I mean, I'm not saying, like, that Bryce should lie to her mother. I'm just saying I'm surprised Bryce doesn't lie to her mother. (laughs) For the love of all that's holy, seriously. Holy shit. Again, this conversation just does not proceed to continue and go well. Ember and Bryce are seriously poking daggers at one another. And finally, her mom is like, so you're not going to let us come see you this weekend because of this case. The way it goes down is Bryce is like, we're just like, like, all of a sudden, like, she thinks it's going to be a little thing. She's just like, oh, yeah, we're just like working on a case together. Like, that's fucking normal. And her parents are like, uh, is it dangerous? And she's like, no, no, it's fine. Everything is fine. They're like, so we can come visit? No. Why? Because it's dangerous. What? Like, it is fucking, yeah, it does not go like it I said, it just well. it devolves in such a bad, awful, terrible way. Yeah. Which is kind of why, like I said, I'm not saying that lying is the answer. I'm just saying it would have been easier. <laughs> in this case, yes, I agree. I mean, because it's a case of, she's like, we need to be a little stealthy. And bringing along two humans is the opposite of that, is her mother's question. To which I have to say, well, yeah, I mean, when you're dealing with Vayner, humans well, really aren't stealthy right like the veneer have all those enhanced senses like seriously ember there's no way you can be that stealthy i'm sorry not with some of the crazy ass shit that they're dealing with and then bryce's response to the whole they can't be stealthy was even funnier because she's like bringing along my parents would undermine my image as a cool antiques dealer to which her mother has to knock her down a peg and be like assistant I know. I feel. I guess. I guess. I think what is so weird to me about this whole interaction is like for us, this is our first time seeing her interact with her parents. Mm-hmm. But like, she knows her parents, and mm-hmm. therefore that's why I'm shocked because I feel like we came into this conversation, and I guess Bryce was under the like delusion that she'd be able to tell her parents the truth, and they wouldn't act this way around her like they wouldn't act like she was incapable and like you know what I don't even know what I want to say about it I just I feel like if I were Ember it's not that like I would feel good about lying like if I was if I was Bryce it's not that I would feel good about lying to my parents it's that I would know that it was going to go so horribly that it wouldn't Mm -hmm. fucking matter so like I I might as well they can later be mad at me for lying to them but they would have been just as useless to me knowing you know what i mean mm-hmm. absolutely and I guess it's just super weird to me because it's almost like bryce is shocked that her mom is acting this way but it, from the way it sounds reading it this is exactly how she always is like we find out that they always get into these tit for tat like arguments and and that they're all like like that ember is essentially always like yeah knocking bryce down about like her job and everything else so like i guess now i don't understand earlier on when like her mom's calling all the time being like we haven't seen you blah 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 well have you considered it's because your relationship's not that great yeah i mean i don't i don't understand the relationship i really don't yeah i'm very confused because like the more you read this it's like kind of funny but also like her mom's really toxic yeah she is so, like, it's just really weird to me that, like, up until this point, I feel like we were kind of like to believe that she had, like, a really good relationship with her parents. And I feel like she just has an average relationship with her parents. 
I think after everything that went down with Danica, her mom has just gone from one extreme to the other. Maybe, maybe, maybe we will find that out. Yeah, maybe this is a post-Danica problem. Who the hell knows? I don't know. Anyway, point is, is it's all just very weird. Kind of funny, but also weird. But also, well, I mean, it's everything. A, kind of... It's a post. Yeah, Bryce's dad's problem, and then it was exasperated by what happened with Danica. Agreed. But everything Hunt does and says and thinks is adorable, so it's fine. <laughs> it's safe really to <laughs> Um, And so Ember is finally like, you know, all right, what's going on? You know, she's trying to dig. And Bryce is finally like, look, you know, Bryce, I mean, Bryce, Hunt is finally like, Bryce knows more people in the city than I do. And she's a pro at navigating all of this she's been a real asset to the 33rd wrong thing to say wrong but it was adorable it was adorable until mom goes micah is your boss isn't he which to me still feels irrelevant but okay yeah and hunt's like well yeah the best i've had and of course ember is like that's not saying much Again, I think I am so bothered in this book, and like I assume I'm supposed to be bothered, but I feel like everybody in this book is so unbothered. <laughs> I feel like, where does she get off being like, oh, that's your boss, he's a real asshole, I guess you work for assholes, so you must be an asshole. I'm sorry, are we forgetting the man is basically a slave? I don't understand how we keep forgetting that. I don't forget that. Like, I don't understand how everybody in this book is just like, mm, Micah's not a great guy and so you work for him you must not be a great guy i don't he didn't like put in his resume and fight out 50 people to get this job guys <laughs> he's not like, like, like he don't want to work there either man <laughs> Ooh, let me be the archangel's personal assassin yeah that sounds like a great job right like everybody's acting like he picked this i yeah i don't know it blows my mind it does uh so Bryce tries to deter the conversation and um, asks her mom about her pottery business. And at that point, we get an invisible snowflake. And this is really, truly a commercial break because we come back and now it's all being told from Bryce's point of view. And she's like, you know, Hunt's being nice to her parents, but her mom is brewing up a, a, an argument here. Like her mom is just itching to, to have a fight. And when she was eating these, her chocolate croissants, because this whole time she's been eating chocolate croissants, Bryce makes the fatal error of saying, these aren't as good as, as yours to her father. And of course, he's like, move back home and you can have them every day. And she's like, yeah, yeah. I thought you were supposed to be the cool parent. You'd become even worse than mom with the nagging. And he's just like, I was always worse than your mother. I was just better at hiding it. Which I actually think is an adorable dad answer. It is, isn't it? I feel like that is how a lot of dads are. It's not actually that they have less opinions than mom. They just voice them differently. (laughs) Yeah. Dad's not as uh, vocal, usually. He tends to be a little quieter. Yeah. And then Hunt throws... Bryce under the bus. There's just no other way to say this. He really. <laughs> I know. But it's cute because to me, it's cute because. 
because he is just at wit's end and he doesn't know what else to do. So he was like, this is my last chance. This is all I got. <laughs> yeah, though, at the same time, I really, this is not, well, he's lucky it doesn't backfire any worse than it does on him. Well, in complete fairness, I don't, like, again, we have to remember, like, what he does and doesn't know. I think he assumes that this is common knowledge. Yes. Because it's pretty blatantly obvious with your fucking eyeballs. (laughs) So I think he thinks when he says this, that it's going to be something that has already been talked about 37 times. True. Yeah, True. like I think when he brings this up, he's thinking they're going to go, oh, see, now he said it too. Come on, Bryce. You know what I mean? But yeah, but, he'd have been but, better off saying something to Rune about it. Yeah, well, hindsight's twenty twenty. But again, he doesn't know, right? Like, right. he still thinks Rune's just some fucking cousin. And, Not a brother. And, and based on what even we know up to this point. He thinks that she and her mom have a decent relationship. We're just now realizing that may not be the case. True. Very true. But like, he's thinking, oh, yeah, she and her mom talk all the time. Yeah, I bet this is, like, common conversation. I bet she, I bet, I bet her mom and I are going to be on the same side. Yeah, no, he's opening a can of worms. <laughs> yeah, so he opens up a can of worms asking them, did you ever try to get a med witch for that leg? Oh, shit. Like, here we go. And our parents are like, what? what? What's wrong? Like, we don't, what are you talking about? And this is like really bad because Bryce is like, shit, 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 shit. And Bryce is like, nothing, a busybody angel, that's what. And Hunt is like, it's the wound she got two years ago and it still hurts her. And she still insists on running. And of course, Ember's like, why would you do that? And even her father is like, Bryce, if it bothers you, you should see a medwitch. And Bryce is like, it doesn't bother me. And then, of course, Hunt is like, then why have you been rubbing your leg under the counter? And I do give her credit because she's pissed off at him. But she does say, because I was trying to convince it not to kick you in the face, asshole. Which I do. I do love that answer. So Jack Vince about to kick you in the face. <laughs> I don't know, maybe because you threw me under the table, you kid. Yeah, pretty much. I'm gonna mm, yeah. I'm very confused about every okay, but everything about this interaction is just fucking wild to me because she says that and then Bright then Ember's like, Bryce, like, can't believe her daughter cussed. And again, I'm like, I thought you knew your fucking daughter, right? Do you not know this woman? Right. And even Randall's eyes get wide. And I feel like that's because he's shocked that she said that to Hunt, thinking like, but this man is dangerous. And again, I say to you, haven't you guys been on this call for like 45 minutes or an hour or so? And weren't Hunt and and Ember just talking about fucking Sunball? Like, yeah. I do not understand this weird overreaction that both Ember and Randall have to this moment. Like, yeah, uh, your adult daughter cusses sometimes and Hunt is not a fucking crazy lunatic who's going to murder her for saying that. Like, no, you're both like everybody in this call is a little unhinged. (laughs) Just a wee bit. Just I'd say emotions are running high. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm trying to be polite about this. <laughs> for what it's worth. For what it's worth. And then Hunt just keeps putting his foot in his mouth. Because he's like, well, I think the, the wound still has venom lingering in lingering from the demon who attacked her. If she doesn't get it checked out before the drop, she'll be in pain for centuries. And she's like, I don't need you deciding what is best for me. And he's like, we're partners. Partners look out for each other. If you won't listen to me about your God's damn leg, then maybe you'll listen to your parents. And of course, her father, being the man that he is, is like, how bad is it? And her dad is like, balance on that leg and tell me again. So her dad's figured it out that it's it's bad. Well, but her dad also is looking at it logically, which is like, yeah, if it's just something right. that bothers you from time to time when it rains, you know, like arthritis, then fuck it. Who cares? You know what I mean? But if mm-hmm. you literally are going to be like impacted in the sense that like it could hurt your safety because you are incapable of, you know, good balance or speed or agility or whatever, then yeah, this is a problem. Right. It is. It's completely an issue. And at this point, Bryce is like, all right, it was great chatting. Good night. And she's not going to, and she's like, I'm not going to the med witch. She hangs up the video call and she starts laying in the hunt. And as she's walking to her bedroom, her mom calls her on video on her phone. And then the first question out of her mom's mouth is, is your father behind this case? (laughs) And I like her answer. It's Randall is not behind this case. And then Amber's like, your other father. This sort of arrangement reeks of him. I give Bryce credit. She says, no, Jessica and Micah are working together. Hunt and I are mere pawns. And I pointed this out because this is so interesting. Ember says, Micah Domitus is a monster. All the archangels are. He's an arrogant ass, but not that bad, is Bryce's response. And Ember's like, are you being careful? Okay, I'm not going to lie. Bryce's reaction is exactly what I thought Ember was fucking asking. (laughs) I was like, what is Ember even talking about? I was like, what the fuck is she talking about? Like, I just, uh, I'm so glad that for once Bryce and I think the same way. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I totally get Ember's question. I think the first time I read it, it didn't quite click in my brain. But at this point, I've read it enough times that now I'm like, yeah, I know what mom's asking and why she's asking that. She is not talking about, are you being careful with sex and using birth control? <laughs> uh, you know, she's talking about this case and getting sex into the politics weird. of it. Right, but that's such a fucking weird question because, again, like, I just, I sometimes feel like when I'm reading this book, like, I sometimes feel like I'm in the twilight zone because the reality of the situation is Bryce is not qualified to be in this position and this is not something that Bryce should be doing at all. You ask a cop 
are you being careful? You ask a detective, hey, like, have you been watching your back? Are you being careful? You don't ask a fucking civilian who does not belong in this case, are you being careful? You literally just say, get out. <laughs> like, what the fuck? You would think. And I, Bryce does answer her finally saying, Hunt has my back. And her mom's like, I have no doubt that sorceress would push you into harm's way if it made her more money. Micah's no better. Hunt might have your back, but don't forget that these Vaynier only look out for themselves. He's Micah's personal assassin, for fuck's sake, and one of the fallen. The Asteri hate him. He is a slave because of it. And Bryce answers, he is a slave because we live in a fucked up world. And I just, I, you know, then they get in an argument about Hunt might be a good roommate, but, you know. Well, but that's why I'm so confused. This is the moment when I really, like, on the first read, the, it was why I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why didn't she just fucking lie then? Because oh. then her mom's like, he may be a good roommate, and I know he's pretty to look at, and blah, blah, blah. Basically implying that, like, Bryce is too stupid to pick a good roommate, Bryce would pick a hot roommate and probably right. be sleeping with him. Well, then why didn't, like I said, then I'm back at my original question, which is, then why didn't she just pretend that in the beginning? Like, if her parents clearly fucking think that anyway, then she should have just rolled with it. I don't know if her father thinks that. I know, but it doesn't matter. He wouldn't have fucking said anything. You know what I mean? I know. So, like, I just feel like we set ourselves up for a lot of extra trauma with this conversation and video call that we, like, need it. I agree. I agree. I'm just saying. Because her, her mom just keeps going, you know, even with the even with the tattoos reigning in his power, he's lethal. And as Bryce tells her mother, and you never let me forget it. And she does know that there are old wounds between her mom and the veneer because of her father. And, you know, of course her mom's like, well, seeing you with an older veneer male. And she's like, I'm not with him, mom. And she's, and, and Ember is like, but it brings me back to that place. I'm sorry. So, yeah, I mean, oh my god, mom, this is your baggage and your yeah. issue, not Bryce's. Back the fuck off. Well, and the other thing I don't... Okay, I don't mean to be an idiot. I guess I am an idiot. I don't know. Sometimes I read stuff and I'm like, am I the only one who's thinking like this? I'm back on the how do Bryce and her mother even have a decent relationship train if this woman pretty much fucking hates veneer to the like basis of her existence, but her daughter is half fae. Well, she hates the veneer because of Bryce. I know why she hates her, but you're telling me that that she doesn't hold any of that against her daughter who has some of those capabilities. Do you see what I'm saying? I do see what you're saying. And I agree. I think her like, mom, I think she swears she doesn't, but she clearly does. She does. She totally is using that, that bias against Bryce. Right. So like, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like, 
Yeah, not to get like weirdly deep with this book, but I'm just saying like, I sort of feel like pretend it's not fucking Faye and it's some other group of people and realize how mm-hmm. fucked up that would be. Mm-hmm, I agree. So yeah, anyway. Uh, but like I said, back to back to this because actually some of it is fun because Hunt cracks me up. <laughs> he, he's, he's and because that bro tried, okay? That bro tried to get her in to see a midwitch. Like, he did his damnedest. And her mom, her mom finally calls Bryce out because she's like, just because Danica died doesn't mean you need to suffer too. And Bryce is like, it doesn't have anything to do with that. And Ember is like, bullshit. You think Danica would want you limping in pain for the rest of your existence? You think she would have wanted you to stop dancing? And Bryce is like, I don't want to talk about Danica. And then she's like, I'll message you the information. Ember tells Bryce she's going to message her the information about the Med Witch. Um, and then she says goodnight and she hangs up. And that's the end of chapter 56. Yeah, I mean, it's quick and it's all about this phone call with Bryce's family. And it was like sort of heavy because her mom has a lot of baggage. But it was also like really funny because Hunt just kept having foot and mouth. <laughs> yeah. It was. It was great. I was like, sure. And because I could just imagine Randall's eyes ping ponging all over the place the whole call. Like, <laughs> the fuck? Like, what is happening? This is like not what I expected when I got home from work today. What? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. We're talking to who about what? But what? Yeah. yeah. What Poor is dude. happening? Yeah. yeah. Poor dude. So, I feel. I feel for him. Um. So chapter fifty-seven. Uh, starts off about all of about 30 minutes. Bryce has changed into her, her jammies and Hunt is standing at her door and she's pissed. And she's like, you're a traitor, Athelar. Again, she cracks me up. You're a traitor. And Hunt is like, all right, no wonder you moved here if you and your mom fight so much. Fair call. And then, of course, she's like, look, I've never seen my mom back down from a fight. It rubbed off. What do you want? <laughs> and he walks in. He's really sweet about it because now I think he's feeling a little guilty because he did toss her under the bus about this. And he's like, I'll go to the med witch appointment with you. And she's like, I'm not going. And he goes, why? And then this this comes out and it's really important because once the wound is gone once it stops hurting then danica is gone the pack of devils is gone she shoved back the blankets revealing her bare legs and hitched up her silk sleep shorts so the full twisting scar was visible it will all be some memory some dream that happened for a flash and then was gone but this scar and the pain i can't let it be erased i can't let them be erased Hunt sat slowly beside her on the bed as if giving her time to object. His hair skimmed along his brow, the tattoo, as he studied the scar and ran a calloused finger over it. You're not going to erase Danica and the pack if you help yourself. Bryce shook her head, looking toward the window, but his fingers closed around her chin, gently turned her face to his. His dark, depthless eyes were soft, understanding. How many people ever saw those eyes this way, ever saw him this way and the best bit I love this line he has I mean this is like why I think Hunt is just the bomb 
Yeah. Because your mother loves you. She cannot literally on a biological level, Bryce, bear the thought of you in pain. He let go of her chin, but his eyes remained on hers. Neither can I. Um, yeah. <laughs> so after that line, I was like, okay, all of the like kind of funny, sexy, weird shit aside. Um, <laughs> I was like, that line is really good. And also I am now fully convinced that I do not know if mates are a thing in this universe. And I do not know if you must feed them, but I have decided that she did. <laughs> now he's just gonna say every fucking thing that comes to his mind apparently um this feels possessive as fuck (laughs) it it definitely hmm, such a there doesn't it i'm like i don't think we've been here before and seen that tree (laughs) no never (laughs) never akamath i'm sorry what Okay, yeah. but this that was an adorable line, but truly one of my favorite lines like I've ever read in a book ever is like two lines later because Bryce is just always saying off the wall shit. I know. <laughs> well, he goes, you're my friend, if you would like me to be. Okay. And then her answer is, didn't you know Athelar? The tentative hope in his face nearly destroyed her. We've been friends from the moment you thought Jelly Jubilee was a dildo. I love it because in my... Okay, hear me out. Hear me out. I give Bryce a lot of shit. But when she says stuff like this, I'm like, wow, that confidence and that like quick thinking is like who I think I am in my head. But really, I come up with that shit three hours later in the shower. You know what I mean? Uh Exactly. If he had said that to me, I wouldn't have had that comeback. Three hours later in the shower, I would have thought about it and be laughing my ass off. You know what I mean? But, mm-hmm. like, I wouldn't have thought it or said it in the moment. And even if I did, I don't think I would have had the confidence to say it to his fucking face. And so, like, when she says stuff like this, I'm like, oh, you get all the gold stars, Bryce. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> like, one in 50. Every one in 50 is when I get to yeah. throw one down like that on yeah. time. Exactly. But she'd be doing it all the time. So, like, he does. Good for I'm, you, bitch. I'm kind of jealous. I'm so jealous. Um, he laughs. She pats the side of the bed next to her, and he comes and sits next to her. And he's like, I like your mom. How'd she and your dad meet? And this is this is some good backstory plot that we really need that kind of fills in some gaps here. And Bryce says, my mom ran from my biological father before he found out she was pregnant. She wound up at a temple to Cathona in Corinth and knew the priestesses there would take her in, shield her, since she was a holy pregnant vessel or whatever. She gave birth to me there, and I spent the first three years of my life cloistered behind the temple walls. My mom did their laundry to earn our keep. Long story short, My biological father heard a rumor that she had a child and sent goons to hunt her down. He told them that if there was a child that was undoubtedly his, they were to bring me to him at any cost. They had eyes at every depot, but the priestesses got us out of the city with the hope of getting us all the way to the House of Earth and Blood headquarters in Hylene. 
where my mom could beg for asylum. Even my father wouldn't dare infringe on their territory. But it's a three-day drive, and none of the Corinth priestesses had the ability to defend us against fey warriors. So we drove the five hours to Solus's temple in Oya, partially to rest, but also to pick up our holy guard. Randall, Hunt smiled. Wait, Randall was a sun priest? <laughs> she was like, wow! Not quite. <laughs> I just like that she's telling this story also, like it cracks me up because it's like she's telling it in a way that makes logical to her with all the details. And then Hunt's like, wait, he's a sun priest? And she's like, um, no, sorry. That part made sense in my head. Uh <laughs> Pretty much. And she goes, he'd gone back from the front a year before, but the stuff he did and saw while he was serving, it, it messed with him really badly. He didn't want to go home, couldn't face his family, so he'd offered himself as an acolyte to Solus, hoping that it, it'd somehow atone for his past. He was two weeks away from swearing his vows when the high priest asked him to escort us to Hylene. Many of the priests are trained warriors, but Randall was the only human, and the high priest guessed my mother wouldn't trust a near male. Right before we reached Hylene, my father's people caught up with us. They expected to find a helpless, hysterical female. Bryce smiled again. But what they found was a legendary sharpshooter and a mother who would who would move Earth itself to keep her daughter. Hunt asks what happened. What you might expect, my parents dealt with the mess afterwards. She glanced at him. Please don't tell that to anyone. It. There were never any questions about the Fae that didn't return to Crescent City. I don't want anyone to come up now. And he goes, I won't say a word. Not entirely sure how people let that one go at the time, but okay, sure. <laughs> well, because we don't actually know all the story yet. Bryce smiles grimly, and I'm, I'm telling you that that's a spoiler right there. We don't know the full story yet. <laughs> and Bryce then says, after that, the House of Earth and Blood literally deemed my mother a vessel for Cathona and Randall a vessel for Solus. And blah, blah, religious crap, but it basically amounted to an official order of protection that my father didn't dare fuck with. And Randall finally went home, bringing us with him, and obviously didn't swear his vows to Solus. He proposed by the end of the year, and they've been disgustingly in love ever since. And Hunt smiles and says, well, it's good to hear that sometimes things work out for for good people. And she says, yeah, sometimes. And so to kind of liven this up, Bryce is like, oh, you know, Fangs and Bangs is coming on. Do you want to watch? Which I guess is like The Bachelor or something stupid of that nature. Yes. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. And... Hunt smiles, and he cut, he snuggles back and gets comfy on the bed. And he looked at her and went, hell yes. And we get an invisible snowflake. And when we come back, it's now Hunt's point of view. And he just says, he Hunt hadn't realized how badly he needed to ask it and how badly he needed her answer, friends. It didn't remotely cover whatever was beneath between them, but it was true. Aww. So he cuddles up next to her and they're watching TV and watching TV and watching TV. 
And the very last little bit here says, all of it felt only natural. He let himself settle into the feeling. And wasn't that the most dangerous thing he'd ever done? And that is the end of the chapter. Yeah. So, it's been a lot. I mean, we've had four chapters, but they've kind of run the gamut here. They do. Yeah. Um, Because you had more feelings than you thought you would. Yeah, I have more feelings than I thought I would. And also, I'm like really... uh, yeah, I feel like I'm kind of where I was at in Akamath, somewhere around like the whole uh, shit at the fucking uh, cabin situation where we were mm-hmm. like, I really just wish everybody would say their real feelings instead of beating around the bush and saying their half feelings, because I feel like that's how we're getting our wires crossed. <laughs> Again, yeah. I think we've seen this tree. <laughs> like... Just a few times. <laughs> Uh, it's exhausting to keep passing the same fucking tree. Um, <laughs> true. <laughs> oh, but that's very, good. very true. <laughs> I just want everybody to be happy, okay? <laughs> happy, happy, joy, joy, happy, happy, joy. Sorry. Basically, basically. Um, normally this is the part where I would go down like a whole rabbit hole of our socials, but just go to the show notes. They're in the show notes. We say them every Pretty week. Pretty please. <laughs> because we have a special guest. <laughs> yes, we do. Yet again. I'm so excited. <laughs> okay, guys, we're super excited. Just hang out with us for a few more minutes because we have a special guest. <laughs> Yay. Yes, she wrote a book that I got to read the arc of and I loved it. It was To Wake a Kingdom. I highly recommend. And uh, so welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Hi. I don't remember exactly which social media platform I found your arc information on. I just remember I found it, I signed up for it, and I got really excited when it showed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was out there a lot of places. So. <laughs> out there I found it I was like oh I feel special I read it and I was like oh god okay now I'm gonna reach out and hope hope she sees it so I'm super excited to have you with us um so we just wanted to see if you could tell us a little bit about your journey and kind of how you got to the point of starting writing to publishing to wake a kingdom sure um <laughs> go back a million years no uh I don't know I started I've always written you know I've always been a big reader blah 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 just like most writers are and uh, I was write, wrote, I've been writing professionally for a long time, but I had never written a novel until COVID hit. And, you know, I have two young kids and suddenly oh. everything stopped and suddenly I had time and I was like, I'm not getting any younger. I keep thinking about doing this. So I wrote a book and then, and then I wrote another one, which happened to be To Wake Kingdom. And then I, um, I actually decided, I started querying for agents and I signed with an agent back in January of 2021. And um, that was with a YA fantasy romance. And um, that book's currently on submission, but uh, traditional publishing moves way too slowly for me. And I have like written nine books since. So I was like, I'm going to also self-publish because A, I think like that fantasy romance genre is way more active in the indie world than it is in in, um, traditional publishing. And I was just like sick of waiting and I just wanted to go and do it. (laughs) And so... In April, I published a novella, which was just sort of meant to be a lead magnet 
for my newsletter but then I had like a video blow up on TikTok about it so like I think that was how I found you (laughs) yeah I think I think that's you know I was very fortunate to find a lot of people that way and um so that was really cool and then I was I had had already been planning to publish to make a kingdom later this year um and then I actually I was I was working full-time too until about three weeks ago and then I got laid off my job and I was like oh well maybe it's about a month ago I guess now and I was like I had changed jobs earlier in the year and I had been wanting to go full-time on writing but you know sometimes you just like need something to give you that shove and that was it (laughs) yeah sometimes I know and my my husband was like just try it out like take a couple years and try it like we will manage right and I was like okay so that was the shove I needed and then so I moved up the release date of five months so that I could get this thing out there and there we go that was a week ago now that's amazing. Oh man. And okay. You wrote like nine. No- so you wrote nine stories and what amount of time? And it took me like a little over two years. So I finished like the last one that I just finished last week, which is a rom-com, um, which will go to my agent because that yeah. what I'm sort of more trying to pursue on the traditional side is contemporary romance more. But yeah, so I've got another one coming in December, which will be the first in a series. Wow. Because it's already written, so I have like all this stuff ready to go. And then next year will be the sequel to Dwayka Kingdom, and then this this books two and three in that series. It might be four. I thought it was going to be three, but now I've written the second one. It might end up being four books, and and I've got some a bunch more stuff coming too. Guys, if you've listened to some of our other interviews, we talked to J.M. Wallace. She also writes at the speed of light. You guys are just you guys amaze me. <laughs> Well, I think it's like one of the keys to being an indie is you just have to keep putting books out. And I think that was where too, I was like, I'm a fast writer. I can't like, I don't want to publish one book every two years. Like I want to keep going. Right. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, that's really cool. Okay. So like I said, I came to you through reading the arc for To Wake a Kingdom, which just came out. So why don't you give our listeners just like a little tidbit of, you know, like why, if they're Sarah J. Mass readers, why they would like your book and kind of, I, I don't want to give too many spoilers, so I don't want to do it. Yeah, I know it's gonna. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm a huge Sarah J. Mass fan too. I mean, she's definitely my favorite writer. <laughs> I was just redoing my bookshelves and my kids were like, you have a lot of these like Sarah J. Mass. Well, I'm like, you guys, she's my favorite writer. And my, my kid goes like, well, aren't you your favorite writer? And I was like, okay, after me then. <laughs> Anyways, yes, I'm a huge Sarah Dumas fan. Um, the book is a Sleeping Beauty retelling with Faye romance. Um, yeah, I think it's got that same kind of like feeling as a SJM book does. Yeah. Some kind of world building, the romance, the characters. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think <laughs> I <laughs> did some things I didn't see coming. I was like, wow, that was a Sarah J. Mass if I've ever seen one. <laughs> And that one gets a little out of control at the end. It's fun. That was a fun one to write. I would say that's that's what we like around here. We wouldn't be able to handle a whole mass themed podcast if we didn't like it getting out of hand. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Well, one of the things that obviously people are going to want to know is where can they find your book? Um, I mean, mostly Amazon. It's on Kindle Unlimited. So if you have a subscription, then you can check it out and download and give it a try. The paperback is there too. And you can buy the paperback, I think, on Barnes and Noble. And like some of the other sites, but the digital copy is only available on Amazon because of Kindle gotcha. Unlimited. You have to have to sell it there, but um, oh, easy to find. 
That's awesome. And then you kind of already, you know, usually this is the point where I'm like, cool. So what do you got coming next? And it sounds like you've got a lot coming next. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it does. Well, so the next one I, I can tell you a bit more is um, called Crown of the Sun Queen. And I've been calling it kind of like The Bachelor meets The Hunger Games. So it's- What? <laughs> So it'll have that same, I don't know, it's like 10 women, they're, they're like pitted against each other in this like crazy contest, they have to win the Sun King's hand, but you know, there's like all kinds of other stuff going on and that kind of thing. I'm really excited about that one. I, I feel like it's strongest fantasy book I've written so far, so I'm really excited to get that one out. Yeah, it's awesome. Okay, we're definitely gonna look forward to that one. So when, what's yeah. the timeline on that one? That one's coming December 6th. So um, if you click on my links, you can sign up for an ARC now if you'd like to. I'm I'll probably send them out around November-ish, but yeah. OMG. Now we know what we're doing in the fall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. That's super exciting. Okay. Well then one other thing we always like to do here is uh, go down a little bit of an SJM rabbit hole. So, you know, supposedly we're getting a TV show. Mm, we don't know the timeline or the likelihood, but that's okay. We're going to pretend for, you know, the fun of it, that it's going to happen. So out of Akatar, what is like the moment that you are most looking forward to seeing on TV, like visually after having read? <laughs> you asked me that this morning and I've been thinking all day. I'm like, what is the moment I want to see? I don't know. I want to see Under the Mountain. I want to see Starfall. Mm. What I really want to see is the actors that they pick. I just want to see like <laughs> anywhere close to what I imagine in my head, but. Uh, probably not. My guess is that we all imagine like no. five different things and they're going to pick something and every single one is going to go wait who thought that though <laughs> I, just, I just feel like there's no actual real life humans that probably match what I see in my head right? <laughs> I understand that you know what I mean like yeah we'll see yeah I don't know you I'm will. excited for it all the costumes and the set I'm sure are going to be amazing and well, however they manage the wings, I'm curious to see how that goes. I know. Yeah. The wings have tripped a lot of us up. There have been one or two TikToks I've seen of some like really, really, you know, good cosplayers who have figured out how to do some pretty fantastic wings. And I'm like, I guess we'll do something like that. But that yeah, still seems like a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, be good. I was just listening to the, like the audio of uh, Court of Thorns and Roses, like the, the multi- Oh, the audio graphic? Yeah, that one. I yes, used to, I just been doing that. And I hadn't read the book in a, in a while. And I was like, just reminded, yeah, of all the, yeah, of the, uh, under the mountain scenes. I'm like, that's yeah. be cool to see. Yeah. You know, when I was listening to the audio graphic recently, I kind of had like glossed over this whole time, Kim. Like you and I briefly talked about it one time, but I don't think we like ever really stopped and thought about it for very long. I don't know how they're going to do the adder. And I kind of forgot that the adder talked. Yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, CGI like, or I'm, I'm thinking like there's that. a green screen involved. I really yeah. am. Like that's going to be, going to be a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'll be curious. I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be green screen. I really am. Um, I kind of, I, I imagine it almost like um, in the Hobbit when they did small. Mm, that's what with, I, yep. with, you know, and the Cumberbatch, yeah. and all those dots. I guess it screen. depends how high budget it is and like what. Yeah, <laughs> I guess we'll see. Well, they've got to have a healthy budget. It's Hulu, and yeah. they're paying Ron Moore to be the executive producer. Yeah. So there's a healthy budget there. Well, hopefully it happens. Fingers yeah, right. Well, we'll all believe it when we see it, right? <laughs> true. That is true now. I'm a little worried because we don't get Hulu in Canada. So I assume another streaming service will pick it up because we get everything eventually so i mean, we get it at the same time but 
someone else must be, must be picking it up. That's interesting. I wonder. I have no yeah. idea. It's usually yeah. a crave that or something like that that picks it up. Okay. Anyways, I'll I'll take a road trip to the states if I have to. <laughs> <laughs> you're certain. You're certainly welcome to come down. <laughs> your characters who do you, do you have anybody you picture in your head kind of what your characters from to wake kingdom do you have anybody in your head particularly like when you think about your characters i totally did a tiktok about it just the other day about um ronan as like utrid from the last kingdom i don't know if yes you, i was watching the, i think the second season i was on when i was writing that and i was like oh yeah that's <laughs> and, and thor and i always picture as um yennefer from the witcher like the actress plays her she's just like perfection yeah <laughs> she's beautiful awesome well i'm excited i'm looking forward to reading it um, especially now that it's on kindle unlimited i'll go put it on my tbr there so yay that's awesome oh my gosh well thank you so much for joining us we just wanted to chat with you for a few minutes chat about your book tell people where they can find it and now where can they find you well of course we'll put it in the show notes but you can also tell them <laughs> I mean, nishajtuli.com is my main website and you can find all my social links and every links to all my books there. Awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Thanks so Kim. much for having me. Uh-huh. Bye. All right, Kim. Bye. And bye-bye. Bye. bye. <laughs>